Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Lodestar's Lending Leaders, the summer session. And this month, uh, we are going to be talking about the office. Um, we're millennials, which obviously means we love the office. Um, and there's a lot of business lessons we think we can take away from that. Um, so we're really excited to talk about them today. Um, so in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about if we think Dunder Mifflin was a semi-successful company. <laughs> and I think that's, uh, there's a lot there. So let's, yeah. uh, just dive into it. Yeah. Well, I love this to start it. I'm, I'm excited. I've been pushing for this topic for a while. So I'm very excited that this is our summer series because I think the show just resonates so much. There's a reason mm-hmm. why it's been so watched by not just our generation, but lots of other people. Um, I actually taught English in a software company one summer um, when I was in China. Um, and I would have an hour class by playing an episode of The Office. As it played, I would write every word and term to do with business on the wall and then spend the rest of the hour going over those. It's a great way to kill an hour lesson. It worked out really well. So, <laughs> Well, that's definitely um, helpful. But is Dunder Mifflin a good company? It sure doesn't seem that way. Um, yeah. I mean, especially with you know, competing against uh, Office Depot, uh, uh, Xerox, of all of these very large, big paper companies, right? It kind of, I think, shows that, okay, like we're selling a commodity, um, but people kind of like service that they're going to buy from us um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're dealing with a person. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely think there's a place for individual paper suppliers um, in the greater office world, I think it's getting a lot smaller than it used to be for sure. And I think kind of what we're seeing, what you see throughout the office series is kind of this, like, this is a small, this is a business that's dying, right? It's a concept that's dying, you know? And like, I remember I used to be the person responsible for ordering all of the paper for my conference center. Right. And I, uh, ordered it through the small company business, but at some point we switched to staples because we would just you can't cheaper. say no to the savings. Um, but I think the fact that Scranton has somehow stayed alive and stayed yeah. open for as long as they have is kind of impressive to me. That's true. And I do feel like the show wouldn't have been as good if it was actually like a, a real successful business. Yes. Too, right. There's something about that mentality of the the type of company it is that I think mm-hmm. makes it more compelling um, as well. And I always like the fact like corporate was in New York and like seeing that regional structure and mm-hmm. all of like the executives versus the local folks. So it's, it's definitely, you know, always really resonated with me seeing the type of, of way that that company was set up. Yeah. And I think there's a really good point during like the shareholder meeting that happens of like, you kind of just see how mismanaged this company was. I think actually, if they had maybe been a little bit more strategic with some of their budgets, realized everything was shrinking a little bit faster, adjusted for that, you know, maybe you don't need the center city, New York office yeah, uh, sort of thing. Like they might've been able to respond better. And, you know, we kind of leave the show as Dunder Mifflin still exists as a company, but right. I feel pretty confident in saying that Dunder Mifflin probably went right bankrupt True. years I, ago. I mean, that's, <laughs> If they got through the Great Recession, they definitely did not get through the pandemic. Yes. There, there's a lot less paper being used, I think, during uh, during the pandemic. So yeah, that probably sure. would be the case. Yeah, we definitely, time of death, let's call it. <laughs> 2020. 
And they're in these, you know, non-big cities, right? Mm-hmm. Stanford, which is probably a little better off than Scranton. Um, mm-hmm. forget where some of the other ones were up in like Nashua, right? Like yeah. up in New Hampshire. So I think that's that's kind of part of it. But I think that's what also makes the show endearing. Yeah, I definitely you kind of want them to win, right? Yeah. Um, because they're just so uh localized and all of that and i think there are times when you can yeah. see like their sales teams are doing well and right. during the show and there are times the sales teams yeah. are doing terribly and i think that's mm. honestly makes it a much more realistic show than if yeah. like they were doing well or poorly the whole time mm. like because business is cyclical well and there are a lot of businesses like that right that they survive based off one big client right the hospital mm-hmm. or like one really large client and really just the strength of those relationships. And like, there are a lot of businesses that depend on that. Um, yeah. And it's very tough to build a business that isn't like that. Um, you know, yeah. Doing that for 10 years. Like it's very, the fact that you can, you know, lose your biggest client and still be okay. is not something that most businesses are able to say. Um, yeah. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I would say Dunder Mifflin was moderately successful um, and I think honestly, just technology did them in right at yeah. the end of the day, uh, they failed at launching a website. They, uh, didn't really ever seem to do online ordering. Let's be real. Like ordering paper through a salesperson is probably not the most efficient. I don't yeah. want to call a salesperson every time I need 10 cases of paper. Mm-hmm. I'd rather order it online, but yeah. I'd say like, I think they were pretty successful for what they could have been. Yeah. Fair. So what what would you say? Successful or not successful? Uh, middling. Um, I, there definitely seemed was a point in time they were they were doing well and they just didn't you know innovate with the with the times. Yeah. yeah. Well, these are micro episodes for our summer session. So next week we're going to talk about who we would hire and who we would fire from the office. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot there. There's a lot of people. So we're going to go through the cast and mm-hmm. tell you if we think uh, they would be part of our team. Awesome. I have lots of feelings about it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see everyone next week. Um, And thank you so much for tuning in to Lodestar's Summer Session. Thanks, all. Thank you for listening to the Lodestar's Lending Leaders Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcast. A special thank you to the Lodestar Podcast Production team, Jim Paolino, Tim Austin, and John Gardner. 